12 games into the season. Flyers have seven wins, and we're here to talk about it with our latest broadcasters roundtable, Tim Saunders, Jim Jackson, Steve Coates, and Jason Mertides. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but 12 games in, the first 10 felt different than the last two. The first 10, it was almost smoke and mirrors equals phenomenal goaltending. The last two, Coatsy to me, have felt different. Uh, they've been together as a team in a way that maybe they weren't the first 10. It all started, it appeared, with the line changes in Ottawa where all of a sudden it was like everybody was on the same page. They did a great job in their own zone. Actually, they handled every zone properly. Their forecheck was good. They got the goaltending they needed. And they just carried it right through to uh, the St. Louis game. I mean, it looked like a team that had been solid, but... Uh, for a long time, and all of a sudden, it was like a switch went on. Like somebody said, "Okay, this is the way we're going to play," because, like you had mentioned, it was a, I guess, the word domination of, of opposing teams when they they got a hold of that puck on the perimeter in the offensive zone, and they just had it, and they had it, and they had it, and they kept it, and it was shot, save, shot, save. But that completely went away in the last two games. So yeah, I do agree with you. I, you know, John Tortorella talked about mid-November is about the time that. Things would start to click, and it would be muscle memory in terms of the system and all that. We're almost there, so perhaps uh, you know they're right on schedule. Uh, I, I still think also level of competition. They did play two teams that were struggling, Ottawa and St. Louis. They get another struggling team in Columbus, and then Ottawa again. So that's helping them. But there's no question you're seeing the, the guys grasp that, that system closing. You say, Coatsy ending plays in their own zone, which uh, is something that Torres talks about a lot. They're starting to do more of that. And smarter decisions still need to work a little bit on oh, the north south and this is a work in progress yeah, no but doubt. hey if you tell anybody uh at this time oh. in september well this is going to be the record they go ah oh. oh, you they had us out of the playoffs oh. by christmas no all positive there i mean yeah. if you the, the numbers in terms of the records great uh in terms of how they play torts will tell you still a lot of work to do but hey there's still a lot of work to do in your seven three and two that's pretty good. I guess I'm looking past the wins and losses because nobody's going to get overly excited. We're 12 games into the season. This is going to be a long haul, and there is a lot of work to be done. But the way the last two games, uh, as far as how connected they were, and Jason, how much contribution they're getting from deep in their lineup, I think the last two lines have settled with some continuity that wasn't there before. Absolutely. I mean, Zach McEwen has three goals, and he started out the year with the Phantoms, and He's contributing offensively. Torts has talked about it. It's not that I need some guys to score. I need everybody to score. And that goes for the blue line, too. And I think what we're seeing in those last two games, I totally agree, is, first of all, the process looks way better. I hate calling it that, but let's be honest. It was more aesthetically pleasing hockey, and it was more – it looked like winning hockey that's sustainable. But I think what we're seeing – and I asked Justin Braun about this after the first period of the St. Louis games – He's been around a long time. Are you starting to see the seeds of identity being planted here? And, you know, you can say what you want to be, but that has to happen organically. And I think we're starting to see it. I think there's been a few guys that are a big part of it. I think that Tony D'Angelo is a really big part of it because of the way he plays the game. He plays with a lot of emotion that I think lacked prior. And I think there's some other guys out there that are just trying to earn everything they've got, whether that's Delarier or whether that's McEwen or whether that's, you know, Morgan Frost was benched. I thought he came back and really played a really hard couple of games in limited minutes. 
So I think you're starting to see those seeds of identity that's you know, growing organically. And that's a torts thing. And that is paramount for this team to have any success. You mentioned Morgan Frost, and it, it, it's gotten me to think the last couple of days, do I need to rethink how we consider a fourth line? Because Morgan Frost, in my mind, is not a fourth line guy. But a lot of teams want checking guys on their fourth line, and Torts has said, i got to get scoring from everywhere. His fourth line is going to have a little bit of a different identity, and he wants to get offense from their fourth line. It's actually a bonus <clears throat> when you think about it, when you have the opportunity to have a, a Frost playing with a Delorier. And I think it makes Frost pretty feel pretty good playing with Delorier. There's no secret for the game. The game, everybody says, well, the game has changed. You, you know, toughness doesn't mean anything. You can't tell me sitting here right now that having Delorier and McCune and, and Sealer out there representing the Flyers in that manner doesn't help the players that, that aren't like that but still have to feel better. And I think that it's not a secret that Frost is playing well with Delorier. And I just think that, that Frost is a guy that he seems streaky, but when he gets his feet moving and he works along the wall and he, he works at it, just doesn't quit. And that's, I think, it was something he was doing. He was, wasn't really staying with it. And I think that drove Torts crazy as far as the way he kept playing. But now all of a sudden, going back to agree with, with uh, Jason, is, is all of a sudden that fourth line, it was the best line in Ottawa by far. They were outstanding. So, hey, if this is, it's a good thing. Uh, it's not prototypical to have a, a guy that's supposed to be a big-time scorer, but we had a big-time scorer in Lawton that came and had to play fourth line for a long time, too. So it's not a new thing, and if it can, if you got a fourth line that can score and still provide energy, it's a double win. Yeah, Jimmy, everybody's trajectory is different, right? right. And Lawton's a good example. He was a scorer, actually played a year in the NHL, went back to the American League and kind of reinvented himself. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're looking at a lot of players in this team that – we're looking to take a next step, and I guess in a perfect world, they all take the next step together, but it just doesn't work that way. So for Morgan, it's taking a little longer. I, I do think that Torts will eventually expect him to produce, though. He is a guy who will have to get some goals and set up some plays and produce offensively, even on the fourth line. And if they spend enough time in the offensive zone, as they have been, they will. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you look at Owen Tippett. He's in my mind, really beginning to take a next step and a big step. You look at some of those players, that's, I think, what we're looking for. With these. Not all of them are going to do it, and certainly not at the same pace, but we're seeing that happen. Uh, Noah Cates is a guy who uh, I think Torch completely trusts, but he still wants some production, so it was great to see him get some production the other night, and I think once he gets that, you're going to see his offensive game move in a, in a better direction. You get all, you know, three or four of these young guys take off, and then you get to connect, and he's playing the way he is. All of a sudden, this team's not as uh, under-talented as a lot of the skeptics thought. Uh, it sure would be nice to get a Cam Atkinson, some of those guys back, but they're not even thinking about that right now. Right now, it's the group they have, and they're playing pretty well. Tanner Lazinski starting to come on and play the game that Torts thinks he can on that line with uh, Nick Delorier and Morgan Frost. And in the Ottawa game, and actually in the, in the game that followed uh, the other night, the two fights in the first period kind of set the tempo, and they build on that. Even though it might not be obvious at the time, that's a momentum changer. I thought those fights were really interesting because St. Louis clearly struggling coming into the game, and Braden Shen wanted to create some energy. It's great, and the, and the Flyers obliged, but he got the brakes beat off him <laughs> in that fight. He's a tough guy, 
but he lost that fight decisively, and that can be deflating. It was almost embarrassing, and the Flyers kind of took over from there. But, yeah, I, I agree. Like, Tippett's a guy, J.J., that I see, and he's been elevated to that top line. He couldn't be more of a different player than Hayes and Konechny. There's three players there, totally different skill sets, but I love the way they play together. Yeah. And the 2-1-2 two -two goal that Konechny scores, there was a 2-1-2 two -two rush earlier in the game where it seemed like they experimented with that, and they got Grice to move off that post. And it's what happened, Torts talks about it a lot, what happens away from the puck when you get rid of the puck. And what Tippett did when he gave up the puck there was he didn't wait for Konechny to cut in front of him. He drove the net, bringing the D down, and he drove the far post, which opened up the shot. It was, like, Coach, you talk about this all the time. That, that's perfect execution by where you go to influence what you're going to get in front of you. And then, you know, you see the goal late in the first period. I just see a, lot, a ton of awareness, clock awareness, game awareness, because Sanheim is never jumping all the way down there if, he, if there's a minute left in that period, sacrificing his D position. But he knows there's six seconds left. And Lawton's got the urgency at the point. That's guys that are in it mentally. And that's because everybody is being held accountable for everything, whether you score, whether you, how you play, how you prepare, how you execute in a game. I think that is coaching. That was a reflection of coaching to me. That was the primary word at the start of the year is accountability. Yeah. That's what Torts was going to bring. It's been so refreshing. I love his press conferences because <laughs> he doesn't dodge much. He'll answer a question, and if he's not seeing enough out of one guy, he's not shy about saying it. Now, he'll, he'll protect players if uh, a question is phrased in a way that he doesn't agree and it makes it – uh, look like they're going after. He'll, he'll protect his guys, but he's pretty honest with them, and I guess that's what players want, right? You know where you stand every day. With There's them. no questions. I mean, you can get mad if you don't agree with them. But as a player, you still can get mad and say, "Well, I'm mad." And you know, nobody. There's not a player that you'll ever meet that sits out and comes down and says, "I'm really glad they won without me." That's bull. Okay. So as a result. To come down and say, I'm mad, I want to get back in the lineup, that's the guy you want. And uh, for Torts, he doesn't uh, allow them to not know how they stand. And it's not a surprise to see them. Every one of the ones or players that have sat out have come back and excelled. That pretty well tells you that they get it. We always joke, I, I joke with you guys all the time, when you don't play back in the minors in Springfield when Eddie Shore owned the team, you sold popcorn. <laughs> That's what you did. You sold popcorn. Well, you don't do that anymore because they make a couple of bucks now and they don't <laughs> have to do that. But nothing's changed. The only way you can get to a player in this world is sitting him out and being honest with them. And he's honest with us. He's honest with the players. He's honest with everybody. So there's nobody that goes to that building anytime and anywhere and say, I wonder what torts meant. It's there. And you can see it. And it's in what we just talked about. The last two games, for me, it was exciting because everybody said we're not going to be any good. Everybody said we're going to finish last in this division. Everybody said that we didn't have the skill to score. Well, we're scoring, we've got great goaltending, and we're entertaining. We'll see at the next game. That's what it's about. I think you're right, though. Guys have responded the way he would want them to when he's challenged yeah, guys. Yeah, and that's been, the key. The, I think the best example of that is Travis Konechny. 
Jimmy, he and I talked about this the other night. I don't know if you agree. I think this is the best hockey Travis Konechny's ever played. It is. And having said that, he was really good the year before the, the pandemic. He's an all-star. Mm -hmm. He's on his way to a 30-goal year. So I don't want to forget that he was already a good player. I think that's a big reason why they were so undervalued, Coach. Everyone's evaluating these players off of last season's performance. And we knew that Ivan Provorov was better than the Ivan Provorov we saw last year. Travis Connect, you're going to write on down the list. And so we're seeing a coach get these guys to play better. But I totally agree with you. Travis Connecty, and with you, Coatsy, we knew what John Tortorella was going to bring. There was no surprise. We knew there were going to be bumps in the road. He was going to, to challenge these players. The key was how would they respond? Because these players haven't really been pushed like that, at least in Philadelphia, uh, by a coach. So... I wasn't sure. I remember saying, to, you know, I believe it was in a roundtable, Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny are going to be two players I'm really going to watch closely to see how they handle, and just so happened in the same game, they get benched. <laughs> and Travis handled that perfectly. I thought Kevin was a little bristly about it, but if you talk to him now, uh, he, he says all the right things, and he played well coming out of it. Had a great game coming out of the benching. So uh, I think the response of the players, Ristolainen, I thought, was, was better after he was scratched. So I think the response was the key. I mean, it, Torts is, is, was driving that response, no question about that, but it could have gone sideways if one of these guys, especially Hayes or Connect, the leader of the group, had not responded well. They did, and now I think this thing really goes on because all the other players see how they responded and say, hey, if they can get scratched and they respond like that, yeah. i got to do the I was going to say, that's a, it, it builds on itself, right? Because if he's challenging different guys and everybody responds to it the right way, if you're the next guy that's in his cross sights, hairs. crosshairs, <laughs> you better respond the right way because your, your teammates have, yeah. right? You're, at, you're on an island if you don't. Uh, peer pressure takes over. That's what I kind of like about this team is that just being around them, it's a whole different feel, being on the plane it and is. on the train. It's a, it's a group that's enjoying themselves. Uh, they're still growing together because, I mean, we're, what, 12 games? I mean, you got a lot of new faces. you got an odd, a whole new different uh, coaching staff, and it's happening this quickly. So I think, like we said last night, I said I'm excited and, and I'm looking forward to this getting better because I think we're in our infancy. Jason brought up. Tony D'Angelo, and I, oh. I agree with you. And he's been on Coatsy's radar from day one. He how could he, he not be? Thought he was going to be oh, the just perfect keep showing figure. up on your radar and how, beeping. <laughs> how much of his presence do you attribute the improvement of Ivan Provorov's game? Because other than Konechny, I think Provorov's been the next best skater on this team. Tim, that was my biggest question mark coming into the season. When I, season, when I put all these question marks down, I go, it's the combination of a top pair because of how much it means to have a good top pairing. But then the couple of the difference in personality and play was so stark. <laughs> and it was like, how are these two guys going to get on, on and off the ice? <laughs> and from what I understand, talking to people, Provorov loves them. They're so different that they get along well. It's, which one's Oscar and which one's Felix? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and But, I mean, Tony plays the game with such um, emotion. Like, you can see... He's almost got like a, a gas meter on his jersey, and you can see <laughs> that the emotion is super high and ratcheted. And Provorov's such an under-control player, but they just complement each other so well. I th and really early, I thought, wow, they really seem to know where the other guy's going to be. be his <laughs> I did that. Fell. We, I did that last night, Jason. I can't dis I mean, everything you're saying is great, but I said that last night. I said, it looked like they could do this with their eyes closed or they got they eyes in the back of their head. Yeah. And and just as that happened, <laughs> D'Angelo gave it a reverse and it missed Provorov. I, yeah. I can't believe that happened. I mean, what's going on out there? But this guy. Uh, yeah. 
Go but ahead. That, but that's I apologize. A, that's a key it. thing, though, for defensemen is having that no consistency and partner to know where he's going to be when I have to turn my back and I got two guys bearing down me on a two one two four check or whatever. You have to be able to just you can't go. You can't look and go. Oh, who's over there? Okay. You look, you die. You know. So I, I just think those two have been so good. And, and to your point about Provorov playing well with D'Angelo too, and I'm going to put Konechny into this because. I think that they've played really consequential periods in the game really well. Impactful times. You know, there's ebbs and flows, but there's there's just more important phases in a game, micro phases. And I think Konechny has played those really well. And sometimes it's not about scoring. It's about just making a play five on five to calm a game down or, or you know, being on a PK. And I think that Provorov and D'Angelo have done that well. Sometimes you have to have a nothing burger shift. It's what Matt Niskanen was really good at. Game was getting out of control. Go out and make sure nothing happened. The puck stays between the blue lines. You're good. And then you start to can chip away and grab momentum again. I think all three of those guys have been huge catalysts at grabbing a game and not letting it get away from you. Can I just say one thing about mm-hmm. D'Angelo? It's He's fun, ironic. too. Mm-hmm. He's fun. I... I find it interesting. We're sitting in the alumni room and looking at all the logos, and um, he is absolutely what this room represents. He's a flyer. Plays with anger, plays with skill, and plays with emotion. He'll fight you if he has to. He'll spear you if he has to. Saying he would have fit in with these guys? Absolutely. Perfectly. And that's all I have to say. I just think the guy has just done so much for this hockey club, and they're going to get better, he and Provorov. Yeah, I mean, you know, you th- they're going to be they're going to be reckoned with. Yeah, they should. I mean, it's, like you said, it's twelve games in, right? And they yeah. barely played in the preseason yeah. together. So, but the the thing that uh, about Tony um, and Travis connect me to be honest with you, are uh, and and Torch talks about this. You'd rather have players you have to rein in than players you have to prod. And I think for the last couple of years, we've had a lot of players that needed to be pushed, right? And we there are still some. I mean, not everybody's going to have the the energy that Tony and, and TK have, but uh, those are two players that seem to be thriving under Torts. Um, and a lot of people, and, and there, there'll be bumps in the road, as, as Torts has said, they're going to have their fights. But um, the bottom line is, I, I see them both playing extremely well under Torts. A lot of people thought they were going to clash and it wasn't going to work. And uh, it is working because, as he says, sometimes on the bench, Tony has to be reined in a little bit. He's, he's always talking, TK, in terms of his what he's doing on the ice, sometimes has to be reined in. But you'd rather have that than these guys you have to constantly push. So uh, I think it's working with that. And uh, there's other players that do still need some pushing, and, and we'll see that. But uh, those two, they're thriving. Mm, let me bring up one of the other defensemen. And Tortorella, he's so good at this. And I, I guess every new coach that takes over a team has got to resist listening to what everybody's telling you about players rather than draw your own conclusions. And, and Torts is really good about blocking out the noise, every, even from the GM. If they tell him this is what this guy is, Torts wants to see it for himself. I don't think he's seen it yet from Travis Sanheim. And the St. Louis game the other night was the first time I can remember this year where Sanheim uh, impacted a game offense. He's got great offensive instincts. He can skate. He can create offense that way. I hope that's a good sign. Where do you think Sanheim is at this point? I think that it's been a bit of a slow start for him. You know, on that back end sometimes, for a player that does what he does, he's been asked to defend a little more this year too, starting more in the D zone. It seems like Torts and Bradshaw like to 
start that top pair a little bit more in the offensive zone than perhaps starting them in the D zone. That's part of it. But I think part of it, too, is just, you know, Torts wants those D to play really aggressive, really fast. Do not hang on to those pucks. Transition up the ice much quicker. And that's his game, isn't it? Yeah. And, and with his legs. But I think that's the part, like, with his legs where he's kind of like, okay, do I go? Is now the time to go? You know, and he's had some variance in partner. It's been Braun because Risto was out hurt. And now, you know, Risto comes back. So he has a little bit of that. So I don't think he's been completely comfortable. Um, he'll get his legs under him. And I, I agree with you. I thought in the Blues game that his meter of when to jump in the play, join the rush, and those decisions to make those offensive decisions looked a lot more instinctual. Um, maybe, you know, getting what back was with that word? instinctual. That's the word of the show, by the way. We'll, no, no, we'll no. I disagree with you. Uh, micro something was. Micro. Mike, you said micro something. And also organic. Oh, yeah, that was micro. Oh, micro no, no, that was a showstopper. It doesn't take much. And to in the same, in the same roundtable where Eddie Shore was mentioned, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I did not. We got everything going here. Sorry, sorry, yeah. People don't realize they got everything going today. It's not off. It's not often that I'm the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, well, you definitely are. I'll tell you that right now. Well, you can about drop the tallest, your card off. Whatever. Of college professor now too. <laughs> do you do you agree, Coatsy? There's more from Travis Sanheim that we haven't seen yet. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, it, we always say he's such a great uh, skater, and when he gets it going, really, really shines when three on three comes. He loves three on three because he'd be able to j- jump up and it's Strider, all right? Like yeah, strides. I, and he he's been more aggressive. You can tell that he's starting to feel more comfortable when he pinches more. Yeah, they, and all of a sudden you go, whoa, there he is. He's all the way down to the goal line. He's, he's, he's excited. So I, I just think he's going through a phase. I mean, he he had uh, Ritzelainen as a partner all last year. Now he's got Braun, and it's interesting they left him with Braun and put Ritzelainen with with Sealer. So. It's a work in progress. I mean, not a work in progress. It's a uh, a situation where he's starting off slow, and he'll just get better. I mean, comfort level, right? And we could joke about it, and I think he would laugh if I said that he's having a hard time skating with all that money he just got. <laughs> but you're the only one that Steve Coach who said that. I'll just tell him personally. <laughs> that I, I gave it to him, but I think he's a great kid. Uh, He's really grown. I mean, grown as a person and grown just from the time he got here. He's engaged he, now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that'll that'll set him right. <laughs> Won't be able to go play golf tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the thing defensively that Torts is trying to get changed is how they defend in their own zone. Rather than just mirror guys and, and push them around the perimeter, he wants plays to be stopped. Jimmy, you asked him the other day, who are your guys that do that the best? Yeah, and I was thinking defenseman, but he went to Noah Cates. And that's just because Noah's so good with his stick along the boards. And uh, defensively, I think Justin Braun is in that vein. And, and Ivan Provorov has been pretty consistent there, too. Risto he, needs to be. No right? doubt. I mean, uh, that that's what his game has to be with his size and his physicality. But I think he wants everybody. I mean, he wants Tony D'Angelo ending plays. He, he wants Travis Sanheim en- en- ending plays. So, uh, again, as we talked about with the scoring, he wants that with all the players, too. Forwards, too. As he mentioned, Noah Cates is his uh, leading guy to end plays. And uh, so, and there are other forwards who do it as well. I mean, Lucas Sedlak's actually pretty good at it. So, there, there's some players who, when uh, in the game in Ottawa, Lazinski was really good at it. So, uh, again, it's, it's throughout the lineup. That's what he wants. But uh, I, I thought it was interesting he went to a forward and not a defense when I asked that question. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a name, Lucas Sedlak. What a surprise he's been yeah. to me. I mean, you never know what you're really getting when you pick up a guy who's been overseas. He wasn't most recently. only played, what, three games with Colorado. They get him on waivers, and... 
Torts knew what he was, and he's been better than we thought. <laughs> that's exactly right. And it's interesting. I guess Colorado got into a problem cap-wise. Yeah. Right. And that's why they had to release him, because they went over and got him from the KHL. Boy, he's a he's a gem. I mean, uh, you know, they got him playing the third line right now. And, and, and moving him to the left wing was like, wow, how about that? And it, it's he's been a, a huge addition to this hockey club. And... and he plays every right, you know, forward position. So I, I think that uh, that this is all just part of the, the growing of this hockey club. I mean, he's got everything. He's, a, he's he goes right. to the net. Yeah. He's physical. He's, he's not he's not worried about going to the tough areas. Nope. nope. He, he it's perfect. And he's he, perfect. He's a great story. If you talk to him, he sees this as his absolute last chance. Yeah. yeah. And he's not afraid to to take that challenge on. And so far, he's just. Uh, it was great to see him get his, his goal, too. It was, and it was a, a big goal, goal yeah. yeah. I don't want to put words in another guy's mouth, but you talked about last chance. There was a guy that was sent to Lehigh and mm -hmm. responded the right way, came back, and Zach McEwen has shown a level of play that he had not shown here yet before, and Torts loves him. Yeah, compete, compete. You know, the thing about McEwen is he's not the most skilled guy. That We're not breaking any news there. But he, like Coatsy said about Sanheim, what can he do? He can skate, you know? And if you can skate and kind of like Wade Allison, what Tort said about him too, like I need him playing north, not even north-south, just north. And if not, if you're going to play east-west, you're going to east-west your way out of the lineup, <laughs> which I thought was a great line. Um, but McEwen's the same way. And, and like you talked about it earlier, Coatsy, I think that's one of the most fascinating dynamics of this season. There's going to always be a guy that – is getting less minutes or scratched or sent down or something all season long and watching how each guy reacts to that because that's the human element you know you can question yourself and when that when those things happen these are proud athletes that made every team they ever played for right they're the one percent of the one percent and McEwen goes down starts the season there doesn't sulk about it works his butt off gets back up here and says now you're not taking me out and my play is going to be those are words but my play's not going to let you take me out of the lineup. And that becomes infectious. And as this happens with different guys through the years, I think that is such an interesting human element dynamic to this season. And I think it's what Torts does in year one everywhere he goes. He goes, okay, who's going to be able to hack it and who's not going to be able to hack it? And if you can hack it, you're going to get better because you're going to be susceptible to being challenged. And McEwen's a great example of that. Like, he's like a self-made hockey player as they come. But there's every guy in that room I think is going to go through this at some point. You may go, oh, man, he's going through it right now. But don't laugh because your turn's coming at some point. You're going to have a slip in your game. Everybody does. We're 12 games in. Yeah, there's an 82 game or seven guys have already gone through it. Yeah. 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 And, so. and some big names, right? Yeah. Everybody's going to go through it. And how they respond to it, to me, is the, is the ultimate litmus test of this season. And I love the way he went through it. Yeah. I love the way that TK went through it. I like how you characterize McEwen, though, because he's like he's forcing you not to be able to take him out of the line. You can't take, take the decision easy. He's just been too effective. He, he, we could have found a hidden gem here, a gem here. I mean, think about it. He, we all thought he was just a – I apologize. We thought he was a goon. And now all of a sudden he's a player. And one thing I learned, and I think you'll agree, that we found out he went down very quickly and came back very quickly, is he does not like riding buses. <laughs> so he is a guy that understands. I like planes. I want to stay here. 
And now all of a sudden he's got great hands. He goes to the corners. He does all the things, and he's playing the power play. He's all over the place. I think it's outstanding. And I, I, everything you said, it's just like well, everything you say all the time. Anyways, you're right on it. But that that guy's a That's player. Good, Even the words you don't understand. Today and superimpose a BS meter on it. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's end this on goaltending because I can't believe we haven't. <laughs> acknowledge that. Oh, by the way, the let's, let's bury the lead a little bit. Go ahead, First talk about goaltending. We're ready now. <laughs> Carter Hart's been unbelievable. He might be one of the best, if not the best, goaltenders in the NHL right now. He's gotten off to a phenomenal start. He was ill against St. Louis. We don't really know whether he's going to make the trip to Columbus or not, which is coming up. And by the time this is out, it'll be dated. Uh, it was kind of good to see Felix Sandstrom get an opportunity in a non-second of back-to-back and get a win because he needed to get a win. He needs to produce. No, he does, and he did produce. And to be honest with you, in his previous starts, I can only remember going back to last year, one where I thought he was poor. Uh, he, he's had some poor play in front of him, to be honest with you, and some of it was, as you said, schedule-related this year. Last year, just the team wasn't playing very well. Uh, because I remember looking at, at Keith Jones saying, it seems like he's made like 10 great saves and he's still down a couple goals. Uh, that was last year and a couple times this year, the Florida game comes to mind. So I, and anyone in that room loves the guy and he'll, he'll do whatever it takes. He's involved in the community. Whenever they ask him to do something, he does it. He's just a, a super great guy. So, you know, the team felt good about that, but from an organizational standpoint, uh, Flyers went into this year with not a lot of a safety net. If Carter Hart got injured or in this case, sick there, you don't know he's unproven. Samuel Erson, kind of unproven, but now Samuel Erson's coming off a great training camp, and they're very high on him, and you got Felix producing a little bit. All of a sudden, it looks like maybe there's a little more depth in the organization in goal than, than we thought. But let's not, again, bury the lead. Carter Hart has been the story. I don't know if you saw DJ Smith's comments about him, the, the coach of Ottawa, but he came right out and said he's the best goalie in the NHL so far this year. If he gives uh, the Flyers anything close to what he's given them in the first, what, uh, eight starts he's had, uh, they're going to win more games than people think they're going to win. They are, but my, I worry that you can't have him making 35 to 40 saves a game. Agreed. Because he'll wear down, injury, whatever, and there's a lot of bumping, and you know he's lost his stick. Although I had a conversation with him. He, he says, I don't think I've lost my stick more this year than in the past. but it's probably Not more than in the past, because yeah. the one year he lost it about at once a period, <laughs> yeah. it seemed. I, it's, it's just a sign of there's so much traffic around him. So yeah. you don't want... You don't want him facing. If they, if they get to the point where they play as they did against St. Louis and Ottawa, uh, you know, he, he can he can go on a run like that. I think we've all felt, right, Coachy, that he's that good a goalie. He just hasn't oh. had a lot of great teams in front of him. There's two elements here that are happening that are so important to a hockey club, and there's many, many to talk about, but goaltending and toughness. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you got a goaltender, and I think goaltenders, I think he showed us all something last night that – you know, he's playing against, a, I know, a team that's struggling, but a team that's loaded with scores, yeah. and he did a great job. So that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable, and now you get back into a rotation with these two guys. That's huge. So the two elements that our goaltending wasn't very good last year, we had no toughness, those two elements have now have coincided in making this team better. Is it going to get better? Yeah, it's going to get better. But uh, Carter's, I've never met a goalie, never met a goalie that is so relaxed before a game. Um, I think the thing that's been unbelievable about him this year is the mental game. He's always been ahead of his years mentally, right? But I would say in six of the eight games that he's played so far, he's probably let in a goal that he was really angry about, one that he felt like he should have saved, and it hasn't affected him. Yeah. Uh, I know Bernie 
you know, learn from Jacques Plante that you have to find a way to move on. Bernie then put that into Pelly Lindbergh's mind. And it's easy to say, like, okay, forget about it, next save. It's really hard to do. Because especially when you're on the road, you get scored on a, a horn goes off and 20,000 people point at you, right? And he's just been so good when, even when he's let an early bad goal in, how is that happening? His mental game has taken a huge jump because the last two years was tough on him. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know what he was able to accomplish this offseason. I know I talked to him at the beginning of the summer, and he's, I'm going to go to California, visit friends, I'm going to play tennis, I'm going to play golf, and I'm going to park it all. And wherever he parked it out there, Venice Beach or the pier, I don't know where the, the car is parked, but leave it there. Because he came in and his mental game is at such a different level. He's at an elite level. It's good maturity. By the way, it's... To, uh, to be aware of it, Tim, yeah. at his Today age, is, is unbelievable. Yeah. Busy week coming up, including back-to-back -back weekend games, Sunday afternoon games uh, at Wells Fargo Center. And let's hope that the Flyers can continue to play moving forward here as they have the last two because uh, it's, it's been a lot more fun. Yeah. Oh. Even my partner's having fun. Yeah. Really? Cozy's having fun? Come on. Coach, always I'm actually fun. very excited. You always have fun without it's without been aesthetically pleasing and fun hockey to watch. Yeah, no, it easy is. to root for. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know what? There, there's still we. You know, I don't want to just sugarcoat this. They're still going to struggle scoring goals. They don't have that go-to guy. Uh, and Torch is talking about that. The, the win in Ottawa is probably much more symbolic of the way they're going to have to win two-one. As opposed to five one, but it's nice to get five goals once in a while. It makes everybody feel better. But you know they don't have that unless maybe Owen Tippett develops into that or some oh, of these I other guys. Wade out. I'm on that. I'm on that bandwagon now. Yeah. Well, I, that guy shoots the puck so well. Oh, I didn't. But he uh, skates know, better than what I thought skating, he skated. Yeah, that's though. the part that yeah. really, and makes plays. As TK was saying yesterday, as we're going yeah. way over time now, and Tim's giving me the look. Uh, he he makes plays. It's just my normal look. With, <laughs> that's true. You give me that look all the time. Uh, with with speed, makes plays that I, I didn't realize he was that good. And TK was talking about that. Yeah, is something I've never really knew. And yeah, he's he's he could be a, a really really good player. I have a feeling you're right though. The times that they score five goals in a game, by the end of the year, we can probably count on two hands because it's not going to happen very often. Our latest broadcasters roundtable for Jim Jackson, Steve Coates, Jason Martinez, I'm Tim Saunders. Enjoy the games.